1: We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 277, our main event, or I should say two main events. we got two title fights to look forward to. The headliner, of course, is the champ, the A-side, and don't forget it, Juliana Pena. She takes on the UFC featherweight champion, Amanda Nunes. And for the interim Flyweight title, Brandon Moreno, taking on Kai Carr, France. I am your host, Daily Fantasy Sniper. Actually, I dropped that name like a year ago. Wow, that was old school. Sniper MMA is what I go by now because I just like to talk fights with you guys. Here with me, as always, is one person, and we'll get to our guest in a second, but Joe Sun Tzu. Um, how you doing, buddy? I, I, did you enjoy your uh, your UFC Long Island experience?
2: I Right up until the main event. Um, right up into the main event, and the main event. Not only was it, not only did it let us down. It cost me a fair amount of ducats, I have to say, um, since I was extremely heavy um, or, on Ortega. But I have to say, you know, there's there is there's good and there's bad in this world, and I benefited greatly from what happened last week with with blades. You know, I I was naked blades in a lot of lineups, and that ended up helping me. Don't now say it's, naked
1: it's, blades ever again.
2: Yeah, kind of like no, <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of retract that. Um, yeah, I, well, it's better than saying I had a lot of wood. Um, you know, so yeah, I was naked blades, and uh, that helped me out a lot. So, you know, six to one, half dozen to the other. You know, it's it's all karma. Let's at least get a get two main events that finish. Um, you know, in the octagon without an injury, the right way. The right way, I'll be happy for that. And and in all honesty, I think that you know people are dismirch, besmirching some of these prelims. I think there's some really interesting prelims you here. You stole if, my thunder. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. And sorry. And if you do your homework, I mean I could certainly see some dogs barking here. So we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, they um there are 13 fights. I think in my fight picks. Um I think I I have nine finishes predicted. Like I think we're in for a really fun week. But no more ignoring the elephant in the room, as you guys can clear clearly see. Chris not with us this week. It took t- take taken a month off filling in. Um, stepping in for his first podcast ever, and this is a, a good show to do that in. It is our guy, RBQs. What's going on, man? How you
3: doing? Doing great. Really excited to be here, and obviously, like, you know, there's arguably nothing I love more than talking fights and talking about DraftKings, and so, like, combining the two, I'm thrilled to be here and and to get into it. And, yeah, I have a feeling this card is going to be fantastic, top to bottom. I may – Hot take, I may actually be more excited to see how some of these fights play out because there's been a lot of hype this week around some of these uh, debutantes in the UFC. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I may be more excited to talk about that than I am the, the two championship fights. Um, it,
1: there is, there's some good – I should have done your accolades up front. I'll go back. If you don't know who RBQs is, you see him on plenty of leaderboards, plenty of takedowns currently on Roto Grinders ranked 35th in the MMA, stand, in the MMA standings, which I believe – I know it's above me.
2: Uh, no, Joe's got
1: too. you. No, you Joe, do? you're at tw- you're
2: a twelve. Yeah, I used to be at three and then you know I don't a, play lot, a lot of the uh, a lot of the players from other sports got involved and uh they have bankroll and they have like uh, no day the, jobs.
1: Yeah,
2: you as, so as, as the three of us can relate to, like you know, when you're when you're sitting on a seven figure bankroll and you don't have a day job, I sour grapes. No, those guys yeah, deserve, yeah. those guys deserve everything they get sour grapes sour grapes
1: I've, I've met a bunch of them at life final some some most of them are good dudes so I won't yeah. besmirch most of them and Very get me cool. off off podcast I can tell and you they're, they're not like, anything so I'm not happy you, for. they're
2: not anything what you would think of when you picture like a big swinging dick no. in dFS <laughs> it is the exact opposite like of well what you would think
1: the first time you meet them and then you get in the room you' like oh this is about right <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so, good guys anyway guys, pretty much all in good guys
1: yes for the most part very yeah. good dudes all right uh guys in chat welcome drop in comments questions all that good stuff before we get to the fight, I have to make sure to go to tell you tell you to go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10 day free trial to all their premium content no credit card required let's get to the fights first up is Orion God, these names this week for whatever reason? I, I don't, I don't. The next fight, I might just, just say the, the Ukraine, the, the guy with a long name, and the Ukrainian. I don't think I'm going to say their names anyway. We got Orion Kasuke at 8,800, taken on Blood Diamond at 7,400. Thank god he goes by Blood Diamond. Um, Kasuke's minus 215, Blood Diamond plus 185. Cues, you were the guest. Start us off this week.
3: So I was going to drop like a really heavy take uh, right off the bat and say that I was interested in playing absolutely zero shares of Blood Diamond until Kosey missed weight today. And then I started to play this fight out in my head, and I said, man, like originally you could argue this sets up similarly to the Phil Rowe fight. He goes out there. He hunts takedown. Kosey does. He lands them successfully, and if he can't get him out of there in the first round, you know, maybe he gets his head knocked off somewhere deep into the second. And, you know, I, I in the back of my mind I said, Well, this is blood diamond. I mean, we have no evidence he has any get up game whatsoever. So I was gonna come right out there despite the minus two forty inside the distance line and just like fade the guy outright because I just don't really <laughs> don't really want to invest. Every lineup to me is an investment. I, I don't really want to invest too much in this guy long term. Now I feel like I have to because as we know, bad weight cuts. You know, they can lead to kind of getting clipped, being chinny in there. And so I still feel, you know, like I've been looking at the lines. I feel like the, the, the line has actually moved even further towards Kosey since the weigh-ins. Um, you know, I, I still feel like he goes out there and smothers this guy, but I'm not sure if I'm I can't be certain he finds a submission in round one and then beyond there it's anyone's guess, right? So as far as DraftKings is concerned, uh, I'm going to end up playing a decent amount of both these guys. I'm probably going to be overweight on both these guys. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see Blood Diamond projecting for a particularly large amount of ownership at this stage. And so, in my mind, I have to say to myself, how do I get any kind of advantage? And um, with the fact that this is the curtain jerker, with the fact that this is the this is one of the higher ITD lines on the slate, I think it's a great one to be overweight right off the bat. And in particular, um, maybe a fight to consider going all in on in single entry type formats. Along with like the Lewis Pavlovich fight, fights like that profile really, really well in those type of formats where you don't have to be quite as contrarian, you can be smart contrarian. And, you know, I'm not sure this is going to be a heavily owned fight. I'm not, I, I don't think Kosi projects. Maybe you guys have a better idea. I don't think Cozy projects for too much ownership at this stage. And maybe it's lowered by the way. And so at this rate, I'm going, to, I'm going to target this fight pretty heavily.
1: I do think he projects for a little bit of, of ownership. I think not the most, exp- you know, his price is. It's not brutal. Um, I think I've I've seen around twenty-five-ish percent is, is I'm not looking at it, but I, that's what I think it is. And I'll for what it's worth, I'm um I'm more on the koshy side and I'll probably be over there and under the Blood Diamond, but I'll I'll probably hint at the dogs I like more, which is why I'm under Blood Diamond. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking a couple stands that are, are still freaking me out and I, I might I might back off them. I have one stand that I'm I really don't know how I feel about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need somebody to talk me out of it. Um, but when we get there, I'll, I'll Joe, I'll let you yell at me. Um, but what do you have in this fight?
2: Okay, so a couple of things. One is I'll take the over on the 25% uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, our good friend, Brett Apley, Daily Fan MMA, gave out uh, CoSYS his tournament play on Mayo Media Network. I'm giving Brett a shout-out because he gave me one um, in his pod. Um, although I'm giving him a much nicer shout-out than he gave me. Um, he picked course. He- you
1: wait. The amount of crap you talk about all of us, you you don't, you don't get to say those things.
2: That's fine. We're,
1: we're all midgets. We have receding hairlines. Uh, whatever. No, I, whatever I, the,
2: you're kind of short. Um, in any case. Um,
1: five five, nine,
2: yeah, so Giant. 5'9". Yeah, I was in third grade. Okay. So let's talk about this. So the way that I've traditionally handled missed weights is I will increase my exposure to the fighter who's missed weight. And I, I, again, I know he missed weight. I don't know how much he missed weight by. Maybe one of you guys can tell me how much he came one
3: 172 and a half.
2: Okay, so to me, there was a point in time when he decided to stop cutting, right? That's the kind of weight miss that I want. I don't want a guy or a girl that misses weight by a quarter of a pound. I want someone who just at some point in time during the cut says, you know what, F it. I'm not going to make it. I'm losing 20% of my purse. I'm not going to drain myself. So in this case, I feel a little bit validated by the fact that I'm probably going to have more Corsi than I would have normally had. And two, I mean, this is really a fade on Blood Diamond as much as it's a play on Corsi, right? Do I think he's got a long-term future in the UFC? I don't know. But I mean, I I know he's better than Blood Diamond. And I know that, you know, Wells, who everybody is saying, well, I mean, look how hard it was for Wells to take down Blood Diamond. Wells? I mean, we're talking about Wells here, okay? Okay. So I like Corsi a fair amount. I think the over is going to be 25% ownership. I'm going to take the over on that. Um, Tournament play. I also think that you can play him in cash too. Um, The price point is decent, um, but generally there's some risk there that if, um, you know, RBQs is right and maybe the cut affected him a little bit more than I thought and Blood Diamond survives early... Um, You know, there could be some repercussions as we get into, you know, rounds, you know, late round two, early round three. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I like Corsi here. He knows what he needs to do to beat Blood Diamond, and that is not stand and trade in a kickboxing match. He needs to take him down. He needs to ride him out. He needs to get ground control. Um, I see a pretty decent score. Um, You know, the only reason why I may actually like Corsi more for cash versus GPPs, with all respect to Brett Appley is I don't know that he will get the finish. I mean, if he just grounds him and rides him, um, unless he actually goes for a sub, um, you know, I could just see him getting a lot of control time, you know, getting three to four takedowns, still scoring very well, but just not getting the finish. So I know the inside the distance line is is pretty decent and, and it says otherwise, but um, I do kind of, I like this guy in all formats, cash, GPPs, give me Corsi here, let me fade Blood Diamond.
1: I got to do the directing thing here. All right, let's move things around. All right, Hor Porteria, 8,400. He's taking on Nikolai Negamarianu at 7,800. Line line this fight. The newcomer, ah, wow, this line, did this flip?
2: Yes, it there's line flipped. value. It flipped.
1: Ooh. Um, is minus 120 at 7,800. Poterius plus 100. Uh, I don't like that line flip, I like the value. I'm probably gonna end up betting Poterius straight if it's a plus money. Um, I think he's the real deal. Uh, watching him, I also don't rate Nick Nigga Mariano very highly, so that's my read on this fight. Joe, who you got?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go the other way, I'm gonna chase the line value here. I'm, I'm not, of course, gonna have, you are. You I'm, line not value I'm not a line value chaser per se, I'm not gonna have a ton of it, but. I do think, um, you know, this guy has got the experience. He's got, you know, he's fought some decent fighters in the UFC. Look, it's not a stellar resume, but he's 12-1. and He's hard to finish um, at 7.9K. Yeah, I'm not going to like 70 points that he got last time in a decision. But um, if he can, uh, you know, if he gets a couple of takedowns, if he could get in the 10X or so range, I could see him. Um, being a good play in cash um, on the Santo DeFranco podcast, um, the one guy Brandon took a big position in Negu Morano said, "Don't even think about it." You know, take Negu Morano. He's he's definitely he's definitely much more of a UFC fighter than than his opponent. Um, so again, I, I like I think I like this as a quasi cash play. Um, I'll have a few shares of the other guy, but like line value at seven 8K is kind of hard to pass. And I think for that reason, he's going to get some ownership.
1: Yeah, yeah I think he will get ownership. Uh, RBQs, who you got?
3: Yeah, I mean, the line value thing takes me back to two weeks ago with Da Jung and Dustin Jacoby, right? Um, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't always mean it's going to work out like you think it is. And nope. I, I have a suspicion that you'll see some very sharp players target uh, Teria aggressively because of that. Hello. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we look at the guy's record i mean like i don't even know did he have like multiple wins against guys with winning records i i can't say for sure all i know is he's going to come at nego early he's going to hit him with a flurry i think he's hittable in his in his own right because he kind of goes for it i think he's explosive and this is the entire question right is it can can nicolai survive that first round I'm not sure there's the first time for everything, man. I mean, I got burned really bad fading uh, Manel Cup against Zagas, Zuma gulab one time. Like, oh, he's you know he's really, really tough. He's going to be really, really hard to get out of there. These are the types of things that, you know, they, they go well until they don't. I could see Pateria getting this guy out of there. I don't, I don't think very highly of Nego Mariano in general. So... Yes, I'm a fan of line value, in particular, I'm a, I'm a fan of line value in cash. I was going to recommend Negomariano with cash play just because of that. Like it makes sense at 7.8 to target a guy if you need a last piece. Um, you know who's who's become the favorite. If you're betting, you're probably Pateria or Pass at this point, right? Like, but in any event, I mean, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna have a decent amount of both sides. I'll probably be equal eight, equal weight or slightly underweight to both. Um, if I can try, I have to look at ownership projections. If I can try to get overweight on Pateria at this stage, I might just because of the unknown. I mean, we don't really quite have a grasp on how good this guy is. He shows like, a pretty impressive win on the Contender Series recently. But other than that, I mean, he's fought nothing but cans. And so it's it's a dicey fight. There's a lot of unknown here. You know, it's really hard to be convicted one way or the other.
2: Just, by the way, on topology, is that – is that Calvin Cater's photo of him or is that really him? Yeah,
3: just like him, doesn't it? It's crazy.
2: Okay. I, I'm like, I'm I'm swearing it, that's Calvin it's Cater's photo. It, it's it's him. It's him. Okay. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just going off my eyes. I also I think the wrestling's gonna be a factor here. I think I think Nikolai's gonna be on his back. But we will see. Um See if the public takes it or if Vegas gets one with the line value. I was actually that gonna was-
3: add one more thing before you just yep. to that to that effect. I mean, I think if Nikolai can stay on the feet, I think you know we we can't have much conviction in the cardio of Ihor at this point either. Like we just don't yeah. we don't know. And I think Nikolai could find himself in the clinch situation against the cage where if he can land a takedown of his own, it's possible that Ihor can't even get up from there. I mean I taped him a little bit and saw, saw him struggle mightily to get up and had to be. I think the ref stepped in and stood up the fight because of lack of activity a couple times against this guy, Georgie, uh, a couple fights ago. So, I mean, I don't remember the promotion, but I just remember seeing that and thinking, okay, well, if Nikolai can somehow get the fight to the ground on his own, survive the first round, he may put Mihur in a, in, a, in a dicey situation of his own. So, I
2: think well, he'll be happy know, to get through know, a fight without any Q's, You know, cues that he fought two Georgies back to back, right? He's got got back-to-back training.
3: That's That's
1: crazy. Let's move on here to a fight. Oh, I see why we're stalling. I get it. Ah, Jocelyn Edwards, 8,300, taking on GE on Kim at 7,900. Line on this fight, Edwards is minus 125. Kim is plus 105. Not a whole lot of DK goodness here because Edwards is not fighting Priscilla. Catch a beating. That's not the fight. This is G on Kim. Neither is GE on Kim. Um, that Kim Priscilla fight was wild. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let Joe go first, I guess, in a women's MMA fight cues. your up.
3: I'm a little bit, um, you know, when it comes to Kim, I still have a hangover from the fact that I would have chopped the card. Had she gotten the decision that I think she did earn against catch a beating. I really thought she won that fight. Um, and she was 9% owned and she would have had a score over 90 points and that would have been optimal. And yet here we are. And when it comes to Kim, she's, she's all of a sudden carrying a three fight losing streak and facing, you know, most likely a pink slip if she loses in this spot. Um, but I favor her here. I kind of don't think much of Jocelyn Edwards, um, coming off a win against the punching bag and Ramona Uh, Ramona, who actually did hurt her pretty well with a body shot at some point in that fight. Um, Edwards goes on to miss weight today. Again, you know, we can argue whether or not that actually matters, but I think she's coming down to her natural weight at 135 and she goes on to miss weight. Fight is still relatively short notice, right? Um, you know, and, and from a, I'm probably more excited to see how this turns out just as a fight fan than I am on DraftKings, but that's not going to move the needle. I mean, no one's really going to play this fight, right? Like what combined ownership of this fight, 12 to 15% a fighter? Um, in my mind, this is, you know, and I haven't really gotten into kind um, of how I play these plates or what my process is, but these are often fights that I just blindly go overweight on, especially with it being women's MMA. I know that neither fighter is looking to strike or, I'm um, sorry, to wrestle actively. Doesn't mean we can't see a takedown or some control or two. Doesn't mean we're going to be flush with underdogs that have huge scores either. And we may need a bridging score out of that salary range uh to get us to some of the higher scores at the eight high, eight K and and nine K range. So I can't rule it out. You know, my my gut says to favor Kim here in this spot because she's desperate. She needs a win. Um I actually think highly of her relative to what the public does. I, I shouldn't say I think highly of her. I just I think she's better than her record is indicating at this point. And I feel like, you know, I mean the Molly can fight. She she had some good moments in that fight. She got taken down a couple of times. That's with it. I think she won the Catuera fight. She had a good round, uh, round one against Alexa Grosso. Edwards has a loss to Jesse Jess Rose Clark two fights ago, and she, you know she beat up Pasquale. You know, woohoo! So, uh, in my mind, I think Kim should be the favorite in this fight. I'm not like overly convicted in it, but I'll be rooting for her certainly. And I'm going to try to get overweight on both these girls and see where it lands me. Joe, how about you?
2: Yeah. Um... I want the same guy at Fight Metrics who who scored the last two fights for Kim to score this fight. Last fight, I believe it was 340 strikes, significant or or otherwise. And that's about
1: right though. Did you watch the fight? That wasn't that wasn't a but, fight metric. That and was, that's,
2: that's my point. My point is that she was credited with that. Um and she would have had a pretty decent score if she won that fight. Um Edwards as well in her last fight. 164 significant strikes and 175 strikes, right, for 99 points. So I would like this fight a lot more if there wasn't, um, if I didn't have a few um, 7.5 or lower fighters. Um, There's a couple guys at 7.5 or below that I like, um, a fair amount that um, would preclude me from being overly invested in this fight. However, I don't disagree with the take of RBQs. I would I would look towards Kim here. I think she's a slightly better striker. Um she's fighting for a pink slip. You got like like RB said, she's got her back up against the wall. Um and I again I never thought much of I never thought much of Jocelyn Edwards. So I'll take I'll take Kim here, but I don't think I'm gonna have the same level of ownership. And maybe it'll come back to cost me. I don't think I'm gonna have the same level of ownership um, in this fight as he is. I'll probably be at or below market so I could spread some of that to some of these 7.5K and lower fighters.
3: Oh,
1: I almost started talking before I switched over. Damn it, odds. It's all your fault, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Next fight up, we're going to talk about, you know, I'm I I do not even I'm not even 100% of this guy's name, but I'm saying it this way because that's the way I say it every time in my head. Michael Morales, he's 9,500, taking on Adam Fuggett which is what you got to be thinking if you're going to play this guy at 6,700. Uh, line of this fight is currently Morales at minus 600. Fuck it. Plus 450. I'm intentionally walking the line there. Fight does not go to decision, by the way, overall. Minus 280, so they're expensive. But the the odds lead you to believe it's probably going to be worth it. Joe, who you got?
2: Yeah. I mean, who, who do I got? I mean, I got Morales here, of course. Um, Although, you know, I've, I've been off work this week. That's the day job. So I've had a lot more time than I would normally have, um, you know, coming up on a slate and this guy is not the worst that I've ever seen. Like, I mean, I think he's like, look, he's 33 years old and he's making his UFC debut. I also, and, and again, I might be a little unduly biased here, but I like the way that his gym is called Art and War. Art of War MMA. Yeah, so
3: much better, man. I was going to hit you with that.
2: Yeah, that is uh that's some something that I kind of like. Um uh he you know, he, he lost to Nick Nick Maximov in a uh, submission underground. Um had a couple of canceled bouts and then he won his last his last fight by punches in LFA. You know, LFA is a reasonably good promotion. Um You know, again, I don't think he's the worst. And he was, by the way, he was a plus seven to two underdog. And it was a co-main event. And he won in the first round. So um, he's not the worst fighter in the world. Um, That was, uh, what, a little bit less than six, five months ago, call it. So I don't think he's an absolute can. But with that said, you know, I think Morales, 23 years old. um, He is the guy that is being pushed here. Um, Fugit is taking the fight on short notice say what you will about, you know, Ecuadorian wrestling championships. Um the guy is uh, 13 and 0. Um again, I would I be surprised if he were to lose, no. But again, I think this is the kind of guy that for whatever reason the UFC likes to um build up. You know, in his last fight against Trevin Giles, you know, he was it was an even fight and uh, it was a 25th best knockout of 2022. Um, so I think all the things are lining up for him to win this fight. Would I bet straight up at at minus 600. No, but I think this is a solid cash play. Um, you know, if you could make it work, I mean, obviously you're going to have to like something, uh, in the lower tier to get this guy into your lineup. Um, I'm not sure what his ownership is going to be. I don't think he's going to be owned as high as Nunez. Um, but I think maybe in the nine K range fighters, he might be the second-highest fighter owned in the 9K range. Um, but I'm, I'm in on Morales here.
1: All right, RBQ, rather than saying who you got, how much
2: you got?
3: I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Um, I agree with Joe on his take that this guy is not the worst, but as I think about like I mentioned before, I think of these lineups as, in, as investments, and I just don't really want to invest in this guy at all because I do want to invest in Pena. I want to invest in Garcia. I want to invest in Alves. I want to invest in Blood Diamond, Kai Kaikara France to a lesser extent. So I just don't know that I want to be <clears> – <throat> <up. Sorry>. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I want to be opening up my lineups after the slate, looking at like you know lineups where I ran completely pure and, and have uh, – and have Fugit in there blowing it up. Um, I just, you know, uh, Morales has the full camp. He's improving and seems to be doing so fast. Looks hungry, look great against Giles, who obviously it's no secret. He has like at least a couple solid wins on his resume. Um, he's explosive. He's the pride of Ecuador alongside Chito. And um, I, I like him to knock this guy out in the first or second round point blank. I think. I think this guy, whereas he's not the worst, you know, this is short notice. I think he can seem slow at times. I think he's hittable. I don't think he's particularly that durable. And that's the outcome I want to bet on here. I'm not going to be overweight to him, typically, at the high end. I like to, you know, when it comes to these, uh, I think it will be 35, somewhere like maybe high 30s owned to, to, to approaching 40% even potentially. I, you know, because of the price range, because of the salary, um, I may look to – come in just a couple points under that and use that ownership on some other fighters in the similar range who have good win equity but may not be targeted as often just to take my chances there. So so yeah, no 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 Fuga for me. And in terms of his ownership, I can't see him coming in much higher than five percent. I could be wrong, but
1: yeah probably sounds about right. Uh, the dog you listed in there. I don't know about the last one to talk about it. Some foreshadowing based on what I talked about earlier. I need someone to talk me off a of Kai Car friends, the more
2: I watch. Well, that, too- that'll be easy enough. But let me ask you it's one question. Scary. Sean. Sean, yep. Before we move on, do you know what, what Ecuador is the leading producer of?
1: Hmm. I'm not going to say anything that's going to get
2: me in trouble with... Get your mind out of the gutter. No, I wasn't. I was... No. Um Ecuador is the leading producer of quinoa, a superfood. Huh. So... Just so All you know. right. I
1: mean, you guys, you guys. That was a lot of talking on that fight. You're like he's not that bad. I mean, well, Vegemite isn't poison, so you know, therefore, <laughs> it's a delicious food.
2: Vegemite is disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's let's move on here. We're going to talk about Drakkar Close at ninety one hundred, Rafa Garcia yeah. at seventy one hundred. Line on this fight: Close minus two fifteen, Garcia plus 180, 185. This is a situation for me. My quick breakdown on the fight is that. Regardless of who you're picking to win. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna give you my pick to win, but regardless of who you're picking to win, who's more likely to end up in the optimal lineup? Is it your car Close? No. I mean it just I see such a hard time for close to get there that I don't care what you think of this fight. You should probably have more Garcia, you need some dogs, take a couple stabs and move on about your day. And if your car Close <laughs> burns my nipples off, I'll just move on to the next sleep. Um. Let's go with who's up for this one. You know what, Q, let's, let's start with you while Joe eats his veggie, mate
3: Yeah. Um. Did close go into a phone booth for two years after the Stevens shove, and all of a sudden become a fisher, a, a, a fisher. I'm um, sorry, finisher. I'm willing to bet against that, just because of the <laughs> opponent that he just faced. I mean, Brandon Jenkins got like ragdolled by Zurong for a while on the fight prior, so you know I, I this is like one of my least favorite fights on the card actually because even though i mean i'm considering an outright fade of close just because like he's not a finisher and he's facing a guy who correct me if i'm wrong i don't think he's ever been finished never. i can you never know. never so 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 but i also don't project i don't, I don't project hopa garcia to win this fight either so it's like yeah garcia projects to be more you know if he wins what's the path he gets takedowns. But he probably he's, he's a relentless wrestler. He's going to look to get close down on the mat. I don't know that he does so at like a particularly high clip. I think he could do it one to two times. I can't really see it. You know what he should do? <laughs> How he gets the win here? He should just go up to him and shove him.
1: Just just to see what happens. Just go shove him.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, never it out uh, at this point, right? see, but look, I you know. Here's how I think Klos loses the fight. I think he goes out like he did against Benil Dariush um, and, like, goes for it and finds a way to guess out or slow down on some level. But Garcia slows down in his own right as the fight goes on. Um, I was going to say, you know, maybe Garcia could be, like, a fringe. If, if you felt really strongly that Moreno was going to win against Kai kara France, then maybe in that price range, if you needed a last piece, you could consider Garcia, who's never been finished. Maybe he gets a couple put down, then he has a high floor. But I'm not gonna—I mean, I'm considering an outright faded close first and foremost. And the Garcia, I certainly don't want to come in overweight on him because I don't expect to win. It's not going to be Xed out of my player pool. Um, but at the same time, I'm just gonna—you uh, know—I'm I'm not going to make a high investment in in him here at this point because I just don't think he's going to win the fight. Joe.
2: Well, I just fell back. I don't know if I could finish this analysis. Um <laughs> let's see. So, okay. Um, really interesting. Look, I'm I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna have a lot of close here. I'm gonna actually pick um Garcia to win. Um, one of the interesting things here about um close, and you've got to take into account that there's some bad blood. Um, and I love I love listening to and watching um the Santo DeFranco podcast because you know he's you know, MMA lab split, you know, fight ready. So, you know, he they, these guys know, uh, they know close really well. And and the one thing that they did say, sour grapes aside, is that one of the things that they always thought about close is that he had to prove how much better he was than you in fights. So he would look to actually go out there and kill you. And he was hard to get a handle on. And I think if he tries to take that approach with Garcia... Um, he could get hurt now. I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not predicting a Garcia early finish. I I can't, I could see him maybe locking him up in a sub, but I don't really think that there's that wide a discrepancy in skills, um, between the two of them. Um, I don't know what Garcia's cardio is going to look like here. I'm going to assume close had a good training camp. Um, you know, close is the significant other of Courtney Casey. So maybe that's taken some time away from his training. Um, I, I'm again, I don't, I don't love close at his place.
1: When One did that years. start? When is that, is that a new thing?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. They, Oh, they've been together for a little while now.
1: Yeah. Okay. Has he had a fight since then?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I see it. I I didn't actually well, know. Maybe, that. Maybe,
2: maybe yes, maybe no. I'm not oh, sure.
1: okay. We need to go a hundred percent. If I'm going to go look this up while you guys are talking, but a thousand percent if this is his first fight with Courtney Casey. Being a significant other, I'm going to bet Garcia by split <laughs> decision. There you go. To be, because, yeah. because she's the split decision queen. If she gave him the, the split decision bug, I'm gonna go bet it. Split decision by percent. association.
2: I get it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I I am gonna pick, I'm gonna pick Garcia here. I mean, again, I like in varying degrees three fighters, maybe oh, say let's say four fighters, including the main event. I like four fighters a little bit seven, five and under. So I'm going to be playing them in varying percentages, right, based on how my lineup constructions come together. Um, and Garcia is going to be one of those five, four fighters.
1: I'm, sorry, I'm trying, trying to pull this up. I got I got a little sidetracked here. I just can uh,
3: like, just the last, you know. This guy lost to Chris, Chris Grutzemacher. I, just, did. I can't get it out of my head, man. I just can't pick him to win.
2: Grutzemacher has, has had some good fights. Like, I've seen Grutzemacher fight live, and uh, uh, when he shows up, he's not a bad fighter. But, um, okay, yeah, I get it. That's a hard <laughs> – that's a bad loss. I All agree. right.
1: Dante Mays, 8,500, taking on the most strangely shaped individual to ever fight in the UFC, Hamdi Amdel Wahab. Um, yeah, he, that dude looks like a pear. Like, I'm not, I don't want to body shape anybody because they could got to whoop my ass, but his shape is weird, man. Uh, Maze, minus 195. Hamdi, plus 165. This line's been doing some – this line did some really interesting things in that it opened up a pick'em pretty much, and then it jumped to minus 170, and then it got all the way back to like minus 130 again, and now I put minus 195, all that on the Maze side. So it's, it's, it's strange how it's dancing around. I, I agree with where it landed. Um, I'm Maze 8500 now for minus 200. That's the biggest odds value on the card, even plus the even with the line flip in the you know, mid range ish fight. So uh, Maze is going to be chalk. How are we handle the chalk? Q's, you're up.
3: Uh, um, if you think this guy looks like a pair, obviously you did. You see his opponents. I mean, I had like legitimate like wild moments taping this guy, which. <laughs> well, nobody know. looks good, but, but you've seen him too. He fought this guy, Matt Strickland, who looked like a pair. He actually designed like a pair. He fought him twice, and he, like, beat the crap out of the guy inside of 15 seconds. Oh, maybe – no,
1: I flipped – I meant beat – oh, God. I flipped, I flipped my intro. That's the guy I'm thinking of.
3: Okay, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it, until I tuned in to Brett Apley uh, and the technical Tim over at uh, Daily Fan MMA yesterday, I was ready for the full fade on Handy. And then, you know, maybe they got in my head a little bit thinking, well, this is Dante Mays here. Like, are we sure this guy's not going to get taken down? Or, yes, he's showing improvements. Yes, he dominated Josh Parisian for crying out loud for whatever that's worth. I mean, I don't know. My first instinct was just to fade this guy outright and say, you do not belong. And I don't know if you guys had heard um, Cody Saptic earlier in the week reference that he actually recruited this guy for a promotion in Niagara Falls, and and, and he uh, couldn't
2: get across the wall. He couldn't get across.
3: You could, you could, yeah, for like a thousand bucks, you know, and and now like a month later, here he's in the UFC, uh, you know, fighting Dontel Mays, who I actually think of, maybe I'm higher on Mays than the public. I don't know. I, I don't. He looks like he's improving a little bit. He's got a couple wins in a row here. He's got an eight inch reach advantage that hopefully he so can. Some people
1: working. hate him. Kevin at DFS Army refers to him as milk bag. You will never call you know you'll never hear him call him Dante Maze. It'll be milk bag.
2: Kevin must yeah, be on ready. vacation because he didn't do the DFS army pod this week.
1: Yes, he is. He's overseas. Yeah. On vacation. Okay.
2: I,
3: I gotta say I'm still a little I'm still undecided. Like typically when I am I've got you know, I'm on the fence about a fighter heading up to lock, sometimes I'll just get extra courageous and just whack him right at, like, you know, tomorrow it will be 5.57 p.m. But in this particular case, I mean, like, I don't think that – I think there's at least some chance he goes out, lands a couple takedowns. But does he have any cardio beyond that? We have no idea. Does he have any striking beyond that? We have no idea. And so my suspicion here, and guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think Maze is going to be like uber chalk at this point in this price break. Yep. Just if you just say that out loud feels like a thing you should be underweight on. Um, so I probably am going to play some of this handy guy. Um, I'm not sure how much, but one thing that I do that I think, um, you know, that that I would want to note on this show is, is if I do end up playing certain fighters who I feel maybe don't belong or I don't feel great about, sometimes I'll set groups and just limit how often they appear together. And I was toying with making a, you don't belong here, uh, group between Poteria, Blood Diamond. And Hamdi, and just saying, max two, just so like I don't open up my lineups and see like three people I wasn't like terribly high on to begin Smart. with. Smart. Um, so in any way, you know, what my gun to my head, I think Maze just shows him there's levels to this, and and get right there at some point. You know, maybe later, maybe later than he should to justify the ownership. Um, which, in which case, you know, I'll, I'll probably come in slightly underweight on Maze.
2: So Joe, who you got? So, first of all, let me address the call-out by Brett Apley. Um, I, I will apologize for casting aspersions on the state of the Egyptian wrestling program. However, let's um, let's throw a little water on this fire here. I'm not going to play any less Maze, but what I did get out of, uh, you know, the, the take by Technical Tim is I will play a few shares of Hamdi, but let me tell you about Hamdi, okay? aside from the antidote that was shared by RBQs on how he couldn't go into Canada because he didn't have the right kind of visa for $1,000. Um, it says he's fighting out of New York. Now, I heard he's training somewhere um, in upstate New York, which is not a bastion for MMA gyms. Um, if you look at his topology page, he's affiliated with a gym in New Jersey in Oakhurst. Now, New Jersey does have some, believe it or not, some MMA <laughs> culture there. There are three people in his gym that have actually had fights. Not none of them since two thousand nineteen, and none of them at heavyweight. So um, I, I have to wonder. Aside from you know casting aspersions on his wrestling credibility, you know who has he actually been training with? Like where has he been at? Where has he been getting his reps in? You know, I want you better
1: bring this same energy when you break down Amanda Nunes in her camp later.
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) so that's what I. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll address that. So like, that's what I want to know here. I mean, I, uh, yes, yes. I, I was a little discouraged initially by listening to the, um, by the take, you know, by, by Tim and, and Brett and, you know, but like when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, so maybe he's not a suck ass wrestler. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe Egyptian wrestling is better than, you know, division three league two. <laughs> um, but like, who has he been training with? Like, like, where has he been getting reps? This guy could not get to Canada for a $1,000 fight. Like, w- w- what kind of money is he putting into his training? Like, uh, you know, there's just so many questions here. Making his MMA debut on a pay-per-view card, um, you know, in Dallas. And who knows if this guy has been out of the Northeast. Um, so I just think there's so, there's so much narrative around this fight that I'm not going to play any less maze than I would have played. But what it did do is convince me to play A couple of percent of of Ham of Hamdi, just in case. All
1: right, moving on. Next fight up is Drew Dober nine thousand and taken on Rafael Alves at seventy two hundred. Dober minus one seventy, Alves plus one forty five. Look, I I'm a Drew Dober fan. I've made a lot of money on the Drew Dober um, train. a a lot quite frankly um i didn't i wasn't dumb enough to play him against makashev but other than that i've been riding him and my losses were the brad were the brad riddell fight and the dariush fight and i've made i think i bet on him most of his ufc fights and he's he's just really underrated he's a really really solid kickboxer whose whose takedown defense is improving improving is the issue here um what is Rafael Alves going to do? If Alves tries to strike with him, he's going to end up unconscious. And, yes, I know he got a knockdown against his, against Ismagulov. Drew Dober will put him down and keep him down. Um, but Alves has a pretty clear path to victory in the grappling. Do I think he's going to do it? I'm not picking him to win, but it's a pretty clear path if he can get the takedown. Uh, Joe, does he get the takedown, and how much Alves are you playing
2: um, Alves is another one of the fighters that I like 7.5 K or under, um, look, th- that win against Dia Casey is aging so well, um, as good as Dia Casey has looked, um, you know, that he got him down, he choked him out, um, uh, again, you know, Dober is Dober, right? He's, uh, he, he comes back from adversity, um, doesn't always have the best fight IQ. Like I think he could have handled that, uh, fight with, uh, Benny a bit differently, but, um, I think this is going to be a gunfight. Um, I'll have a few shares of Dober. He's not like, again, there's two fighters that I like a lot over 9k. Um, Dober's not one of them. Um, but I, I gotta think that Alves is live here. Not only because, you know, Brett Apley has got him as his salary saver, um, you know, of the slate. I liked him actually before I even heard that, that helped affirm it. Um, MMA masters, uh, pretty good affiliation there. Um, you know, some good coaching. Uh, I, I could, you know, trains. Uh, what is that? I believe that's out of, is that out of Chicago? Um, you no know, trains with some pretty good fighters. Um, I, I'm going to give him a shot here. Um, look, I loved over two. I mean, I love what he did came coming back from t- that Terrence McKinney beat down. Um, I could see this being a really exciting fight. Um, but you gotta have shares. What is he? 7.2, 7.1. Um, you got to have shares at that at that price, just because I think there is a chance. Seven point two k, seven point two k. He's been averaging fifty eight UFC points um, over the course of two fights. He scored twenty four against Igmis in a loss, put up ninety two in a win um, against the Casey again. That was a, that win. You know, kind of stands stands the test of time. It looks like a really good win now. Um, so anyway, I'll take shares of Alves. I'll go ahead and pick him for the upset just because I need to make a pick. Um, but I do think you should have exposure to this fight.
3: Cues. Yeah, I think this fight's going to a finish. You know, I, I'm I, I'm going back and forth on the outcome here because in my mind, I feel like if the fight starts round two, I got a favorite Dover. Um, and, you know, like I think it sets up very similarly to the way the team fight sets up where I think Alves, if you guys watch him fight I mean, he comes forward with these like three, four punch combinations or like a flying knee and goes immediately to try to lock up a guillotine or does the club and sub thing like that seems like his home. And I could see that playing out in this scenario here. You know, I don't know that I see Dover getting like knocked out on the feet by this guy. I know he's been hurt uh, a couple of, I know Riddell beat him up pretty bad. I know McKinney had him hurt early. I don't think he's been knocked out quite some time, maybe like 10 years. Or something like that, right? Um, so I think he can be hurt. I think he can be submitted, but if it gets outside of round one, I think he has shown that resolve to take over the fight and and work from there and maybe slow Alves down. And you know, I, from a DraftKings perspective, I think Alves might be setting up to be like a pretty popular underdog outside of Pena and he might end up rivaling Kai Kara France. Like I, I get the feeling Kai Kara France is the lowest owned of the championship fighters. And you can see Alves, who is projected uh, by betting odds to lose this fight, getting quite a bit of ownership. What I would want to do with that, you know, um, and it may kill me. Certainly, I think he could win the fight. Certainly scared of it, but I might look to get overweight on Drew Belger in that price range and think maybe that he has a shot at a finish as a tough fighter who's been around and been in some really tough fights. So, you know, if you look at that price range, obviously close is not going to come in with much ownership. But you know, Moreno will, Morales will, Nunez will. Who else is in that price range? You got Ankalyev. Eh, not sure. But I do. I I tend to think uh, Dober won't see a ton of ownership here. What I typically like to do is spread out my ownership amongst the fighters in that nine K range who project to win the fight, and just let it guide me wherever it does, and live and die with it. Yep. So. I like that.
1: And you pick your dogs. I, I've I'm very c i have i am very I changed strategy, strategy slate by because slate, I, I tend to think every slate is different, but there are there are fights where I don't want to make a choice at nine K. usually hopefully I've got a good read on the dogs in that card. Um but that's typically how that's that's one of the many strategies that, that can work. And I should
3: um, clarify I'm coming at this from like a mass multi-entry perspective. Yes. Right? I think in single entries, I don't know if you're actively targeting Dover. I don't. I think around his price range, there's a lot of other places you're landing first. So, you know, Agreed. you're trying to win a large field tournament is the kind of way I like to think.
1: Now let's move on to Matthew Semmelsberger, 8,600. Take on Alex Morono at 7,600. Uh, line of this fight, Semmelsberger is minus 155, Morono plus 135. I'm on Semelsberger. I'm having a hard time getting a lot of Morono shares in because I like other people in this mid-range. And I keep thinking to myself, man, that could be a mistake, but where do I want to remove the ownership from? That's kind of the boat I'm in with this with this fight right now. Uh, I am on Semmelsberger. Cuse, who do you have?
3: I hate this fight. Um, <laughs> outright hate the fight because I think it's got uh, I think it's projected to go to the decision, but in my mind, I feel like, you know, having watched both of these guys fight, why do I feel like the finish is coming? Um, I feel the same way. I have toyed with the betting
1: does not go to decision.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen Semmelsberger like, you know, beat up on Jason Witt and Martin Sano. And so maybe that's just some bias in our head guiding us that way. I've also seen Morono clipped. And hurt. And I've seen him hurt other fighters, too. This fights. I think the most important thing I'd want to communicate about this fight is that the fights in Texas Morono's a Texas guy. We know how Texas judges roll. And, you know, and le- I project Semmelsberger to be the fighter to end it inside the distance at a higher clip. Uh, you know, and I, and I think Morono is probably the fighter I project to win by decision at a higher clip. And so if it goes to the cards, I got to favor Morono. And that's why I got to play a little bit of him here. And, and I'll, I'll have Semelsberger, too. I get the feeling you might be going overlooked, just specifically because he's in that tricky range between Koshy and Dante O'Maze. You know, him and Pantoja are the type of fighters that I like to go overweight on just simply because I think they profile decently and they could break the slate and no one would be shocked. So, you know, so I'll I'll probably be overweight on both of these fighters, despite hating it and not having a good read from where, you know, it lands in terms of the result. I think if you're betting the fight, I think it's like a clear dog or pass situation. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to try to get – I'm going to try to work with my feeling that it ends inside the distance and get overweight on both of these guys. Joe?
2: No, I I think you made a really good point about, you know, how you're attacking the slate. I really do see this as a mass enter slate. I think there's a lot of different ways that you could go, you know, in the, you know, 8K to 9K range that could – put up some seriously high scores and the way to cover yourself there is to, you know, is to assign percentages and to, to max enter. And look, I'm not encouraging people to bet more than they're comfortable with, but like if there was ever a card to max enter and look, it could be max entering the dollar, right? Um, If there was ever a card to max enter, it'd be this one, because I think there is, there are some guys who have put up seriously high scores you know, in the eight and nine K price points. Um, I think this is a fight. I mean, again, you, you, you kind of touched on the narrative with Marino kind of being Morono being home here. And, you know, if this guy had any athleticism, he would probably be a top 10 fighter. Um, I, I don't think I see Semmelsberger finishing him. I really don't. Morono is so tough. Um, I, I do see this fight going to decision. And because of that, um, you know, I would probably lean more towards Morono here just because I don't think Semmelsberger is going to finish him. And on that, on those rare occasions when we do see Moreno wrestle, um, you know, he's got a fight where he's got three takedowns. Um, you know, so we look if he does that here, um, I think there could be some interesting grappling exchanges. Not that I expect there to be, but uh, at 7.6k, I'm probably going to be higher weighted to. Um Morono, but RBQ's made a great point at 8.6 K, based on where he is between you know, between Corzy and Dante Mays. If you really want to get some leverage, um, some ownership leverage, um, you know, play a lot of Semmelsberger.
3: Yeah, and this is oh. just one more thing I want, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, like this is a classic case of like this, how do you get different without having to to, to play fighters you don't expect to win. I think It's just an easy way to do it. Yep.
1: All right. Next fight up. Let's move on to Magomed Ankalaev ninety four hundred taking on Anthony Smith at sixty eight hundred. <clears throat> Ankalaev is currently. Oh, I moved my odds. Son of a bitch! My odds are gone. Minus one
3: oh, hundred or something.
1: Something like that. But I want to. Yeah, my, no, woo, minus five sixty right now. Yeah. Well, I have minus 560, come back and Anthony Smith is plus four thirty. Um my my I'm, I'm start doing I should start doing 10 second breakdown of fights. Um Ankalaev wins. I don't know how he ends, ends up on the optimal. And like Smith has seemed too tough to me in the past. And Ankalaev is more than happy to stand a strike with you if he's beating you on the feet. He's not I know the last name. Looks like he's gonna get a ton of takedowns. He'll he'll just beat you up on the feet. He's he's fine with that. Anthony Smith has shown he could take a beating. Um, maybe that catches up with him. So that's my prediction for this fight. Uh, Joe, you're up first.
2: Yeah, I think you can get some leverage here too by by playing Ankeliev. Uh, yep. Because of you know Anthony Smith's perceived toughness. Um, plus Ankeliev has not been a great DraftKings scorer. I mean, look at his well, his two Kudalaba fights. Um, and I think those were the two best scores that he had on DraftKings. And if he if this goes to decision. Um, you know, and Anthony Smith plays a guard game and you know doesn't get finished and you know the fight goes three rounds. I, I certainly see Ankalayev as being a long shot to make optimal. Now, you know, if he comes out and he has an Ian Kutalaba type of performance and somehow catches Anthony Smith and finishes him, then you know, you're gonna be a guy that is likely gonna be lower owned than Nunez is gonna be lower owned than Morales. And you could get some leverage uh, to the field in in mass entry. So, look, I'm not going to pick Anthony Smith to get the win. Um, If you're asking for a winner, I'll go with Ankalaev. It's just on the surface, I don't see myself getting to him that much in DraftKings because of my belief that this fight will go to decision.
3: Uh, RBQs. I don't see myself getting to him because there's just like a bevy of fighters right above him that I do want to play. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I could see how Goliath making this weird. He's like a bang your head against the wall fighter if you have him on DraftKings because you know he can wrestle. He just doesn't choose to do so, like, often. And I feel like this is a very clear path for him to make this fight dominating if he wanted to do it. For some reason, he plays in this world where, like, he just likes to see how it goes. And he stood in front of Santos and got knocked down, didn't he, uh, in in the main event in February? Um, you know, I, I think he's going to win the fight. And and Use the term leverage, Joe. This is the type of play. If you consider his win equity, that I usually just attack blindly and over time hope that it helps me out. And in comparison to someone like Jacar Close, you know, who's not a finisher and fighting a guy never been finished in my, you know, in my mind here, the win equity is too high to ignore. And in scenarios where Nunez loses and you know Morales has some kind of like. Quick one, that doesn't score that well. He knows about 102, 103 or something. I could see it happening. Maybe maybe he gets a knockdown versus Smith. Maybe he does land some takedowns and get some control. We just don't know. But we know that on paper he's projected to win this fight pretty often. And that's what I'm going to invest in. So I mean I'm, you
2: gotta you gotta look just to, to kind of add on to that. Look at his last three performances, right? Um nine point six K, 80 points in a five-round fight. Nine point one K. 77 points in a three-round fight, 9.3K, 82 points in a three-round fight.
3: It's contrarian at this point. Yeah, I mean, so
2: then you've got those two big performances against, you know, Kutalaba, and you've you've got a (laughs) first-round finish against Procneo. So he's had 300-point performances, and two of them are against Ian Kutalaba. So that's my issue here. I mean, you know, you could argue whether Smith is worse or better than any of those guys that – he beat but like he just doesn't go for the kill right he's a technical fighter and at 9.4k you know you need you know you need a finish i mean he's not he's not going to win it for you by volume you need a finish
3: so 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 maybe the difference in format is where you consider this guy you know if you don't need to be perfect in a single entry or a three max you just need something to fling up there you cross this guy off you know, because you want to land on Nunez and you want to land on Morales. So you just yep. say whatever. No. But in a, in a mass multi-entry contest to me, this is with his win equity. This is just a site that over, lot um, rather over time that I tend to attack, hoping that it pays off. Um, you know, and I, and I don't want to be too contradictory to myself with close sitting right there. But I laid out the reasons why I have minimal interest in him. If I want to pick one between the two, I'd rather go with the guy minus 540 to win.
2: Yeah, let me see if we have preliminary ownership yet. I'll take a look real quick. Um, okay, so we have preliminary ownership up. Um, so it looks like on Kalev, um, ownership is looking like 28%. I see that as pretty high to me. I'm probably going to be under. I would say I,
3: do, you, do you take the under on that coming I in? Would,
2: well, for me, I, I would take that. I don't know what, where it's actually going to wind up, but I think I'll be under 28%. Got it.
3: Okay. OK, I'll probably yield <laughs> at that rate if it's twenty eight. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking tomorrow to, to 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 flatten out as much as I can amongst those fly, uh, fighters in that price range. Uh, yeah, and, and, I'll, I'll be pretty close.
2: Yeah, and just to, just to put things in perspective. Right above him is Morales, who is projected at thirty five percent and below him is Nunez, who's projected at forty five percent. Yeah. So that's that's the spread in the middle.
1: Yeah. All right. This Not that we ever – anybody who plays DFS MMA counts their money before the end of the night. Not that, because we all know things change wildly, up and down, yep. all that good stuff. But this card particularly, do not do that. Because what's, I think this card sets up really interesting. Of the last four fights, Pantoja-Perez, Pavlovich-Lewis Pavlovich, um, – Moreno, Kaikara, France, Nunez, Pena. Uh, I could very easily see all four dogs winning. Wouldn't stun me even a little bit if all four of these dogs win. I think they're all live dogs. They're all. I'm gonna make a case for picking a few of them in a minute, and then it's it just it gets real, real interesting, real quick. Um, the dogs at the end of this card. It's it's. I haven't seen it backloaded this this much in a while. Um, so us first one up is Pantoja and Perez. Um, Perez, unfortunately, becomes, even though he's the one I am picking to win straight out, um, if the other dogs in this card come through, he's not going to be one of the high scoring dogs. He wins this fight by staying on his feet, using his quickness, staying on the outside, probably getting a 60, 70 point decision, close fight. I, I think that's how Perez wins, unless, unless he catches, unless he puts down Pantosha, I just don't like to bet on finishes of flyweight. I I just don't. And being three rounds to work versus a five round fight that we're going to talk about in a little bit, I just Perez there is kind of salary saver who I think is you know live for a win. I'm going to take him to win a close fight. I just Pantosha is the kind of guy he can beat anybody at any given night, but I've seen him no show plenty of times, and I'm not you know going all the way back to the um, to his time on Tough and Dustin like I. Him no-showing, not a surprise to me at all. And there's other mid-range fighters I like a little more. So give me Perez to win a close decision. Um, and that the price tag, is, it's a funky one because it's one of those, a dog I picked to win, but how much do – I'm not going to be overexposed to Alex Perez. I'm probably going to end up – let me pull out my stuff here. I'll, I'll, I'll give one away here since I'm making the case for Perez. I'm probably going to end up in that 20, 25-ish percent range some, somewhere in there. Um, one of the ones I'm bumping up a little bit. Uh, I think, Joe, you're first for this yeah. fight.
2: So I disagree slightly, not with your take on Perez. Um, if you look at Perez's, you know, history, right, he, he's averaged 87 King points, and that includes two losses of four and 11 points, right? So when he wins, he puts up a pretty significant number, right? So well,
1: uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight you for a second, though, because I'm going to look, because I, I did that too. So you had for of uh, Formiga was one twenty two. He had two knockdowns in that fight. It's getting multiple knockdowns is a little bit fluky. And then Jordan Espinosa is a first round sub. If he subs Pantojan in the first round, I, I that I will be stunned with. Just just like he's got some perform. And then the other huge one was Torres, where he got a I think why was that score so high
2: put quickly. a lot of volume on Torres. No. no. Okay. He put a lot yeah. of volume. Oh, yeah, on Torres. he
1: hit 84 significant strikes in the first round in yeah. a first round finish. Holy shit. Yeah. They they all seem like outlier performances, which are always possible, but
2: yeah. I mean, not know, don't it, could know. Way, it could be the way he fights, right? I mean, I the, I guess my other True. my other point is is he has he seemingly doesn't have much of a floor. If you look at his if you look at his his stat line, right? Like he's all ceiling, right? Which is why I would look at him in GPPs. Um, I, I I like Perez. I mean, I'm gonna have uh I, I think ownership on Perez is looking at like 16. I'll probably be a a, a, a scootch higher than 16 on Perez, but again, there there are a number of guys I like in that 7.5 or lower, and I need to kind of spread ownership around. Um, so I, I do kind of like Perez. Now there's a lot of narrative, as you know, around Perez. Um, I did not watch weigh-ins, I asked in Discord um how he looked. Um, in weigh-ins, and all I got is I got a GIF from John Stargarian with like a, you know, a French chef making a kissing motion, which I assume means perfect. Um, that he looked really good at weigh-ins. Perez has historically had issues making weight, so the fact that he actually made weight and looked good, um, actually makes me like him a lot more. Um, he's had fights that have been canceled and postponed. He hasn't fought since 2020, um, and his last fight was a really bad and quick sub by Figueroa, It was like really a bad fight IQ moment. Um, you know, so look, I think this is it for Perez. I'm not saying he's going to get caught, but I think he really needs to come out and have a strong performance here, um, against Pantoja, who I actually believe Perez is a better fighter than Pantoja. Um, you know, people are looking at the narrative. They're looking at, you know, that he struggled with weight. They're looking at, you know, his last, you know, fight against, uh, Um, I was really, I, I, he first came on my radar against Torres and how good he did against Torres. And then I, I kind of followed him all along and I'm like, wow, you know, this guy can fight. So I like Perez here. I'm going to pick Perez to get the upset. I will have shares of, um, of Pantoja. He is a tough guy. Um, you know, he's at 8.7 K he's likely going to be under owned. Um, so I definitely want to have shares of Pantoja, um, you know, but at sixteen percent, if that is what it's looking like, um, I see myself going over sixteen um, percent on um, on Perez.
3: RBQ, so you got that's that's a projection on uh, on Perez. You said is sixteen. Yeah, I'll be over on that too. If that's the case, um, it makes sense that it would be the case, right? If you think about the price range, yeah. Main event fighters and stuff. There's Alves. Um, but right below him is, or right above him is Morono. So. Yeah, and you,
2: you've you got you've got Pena and uh, Kaikara France sucking up a lot, of, up a lot of ownership, a lot of ownership at under you know at at seven k or seven point five k or less.
3: I'd like to be over on the fight. I'd really like to be over on Pantoja. I think he's going to find that neck, man. This guy leaves his neck out. Perez, he's left his neck. I know. Out like scares times. me to death. So I, I just I just two year layoff. He did look good on the scales, in my opinion. Um, I think he comes back out here. I think he lands – he does have a wrestling – I think he's a better wrestler. He'll land takedowns. But I think if he's messing around on the mat down there for too long, I think he's going to wind up getting submitted. And if he doesn't, I don't know, in today's scoring format on DraftKings, you know, you guys were looking at the logs, the Mark Delarosa Rosa fight shows two takedowns and eight minutes of control for a 96-point DraftKings score. I, I would – I think that's in the realm of possibility too. Maybe we'll not take people. that in a heartbeat. Yeah, at seven point five k. You'd be you be looking at you know most most likely. Uh, I think that. we
2: both agree though, RBQs, right? This is pure GPP.
3: I think so for sure. Yeah, there's there's oh, yeah,
2: no there's yeah. no floor here. Yeah,
3: no, ca- yeah. no cash. No,
2: yeah. yeah, no floor at seven point five k. At seven 6K. No, you guys,
1: you guys are in. All right, let's uh let's move on to gotta change this back. Move on to the next fight. Next fight up. We're talking about Sergey Pavlovich, 8,200, taking on Derek Lewis at 8,000. Um, <clears> line on this fight. I have I just strongest take on this one. Pavlovich minus 155, Lewis plus 135. I I'm gonna explain this one fully because at least my take because it's gonna sound contradictory unless I go all the way through it. I think Derek Lewis wins this fight in the second round that's my pick i think pavlovich is the better draft kings play because if he wins i think he'll finish lewis in the first round or with more volume um i also think that i'm more likely to be under i'm going to be under on derek lewis because i think he's going to be more popular pay per view card people clicking on the guy they know black beasts balls is hot all that stuff <laughs> um I just think there's more upside with Pavlovich. I'd rather be over. So while I'm picking, it, it's it's strange in that I'm picking Lewis to win the fight. Pavlovich is, if not my highest, my second highest ownership fighter, and it's bananas to think that I'm like I'm not I'm picking this guy to win. But when he wins, I don't know how he doesn't end up on the optimal. Unless he does to Derek Lewis, what you know, unless they, unless they stay away from each other for an entire first round. But I don't, I don't think Sergey has that in him. I don't think so. It's weird. Don't if anybody's telling you to go all in in this fight. And uh, you know, what? I could be, I have, I don't other people's stuff not nearly as much as I used to. So if I'm incriminating anybody, it, you know, Brad or the guys at Osimo awesome or Mad or whoever it is, who's really smart if they're telling you to go all in on this fight, I'd probably unsubscribe from them because have you not, have you not seen Lewis and Ganu or any Lewis fight where they could stand and look at each other for five rounds
3: Yeah,
1: and then 80 points is just not enough in the second. It's just not. Yeah. We're probably going to get a finish and does not go to decision as high, but there's so many scenarios plus ownership where you, this is not an all in fight. It's not. So that, that's my breakdown. Q's who you
3: got? That's you had some awesome points there. I was going to bring up that hesitation stare down, but I I do want to mention that when I think about going all in on fights. I do typically think about format. If I was building a bunch of single entry or three max lineups, I might just go all in on this fight. Yeah, no, I'm
1: talking for 150.
3: 150 GPP. Yeah, my... 150, yeah. At the same time, though, it's tough to make a stance here because I think both these guys are going to come in probably like over 30%, no, I, or, or somewhere around there. I, I project their ownership, in, in my mind, I think they're going to come in similarly because I, I, I think the public is getting smarter and I think the Black Beast has like... Had pockets where he hasn't looked very good as much for as many pockets have that there have been where he's looked good. Um, I don't think he gave the best account of himself in that Tuivasa fight getting dropped by that elbow there. He looked uh, like he was about to die, and you know, I thought to myself, he might be on his way out. the, the you know, the, the point I want to make about this fight is that I have to project someone's getting knocked out. I have cardio concerns about Pavlovich, she's so big. I feel like if he doesn't get Lewis out, you know, not like a am praising Lewis's cardio, but yeah. If I, this
1: goes to a third round, it could be one of those ugly
3: heavyweight third rounds. I just, I but I, I could consider maybe Pavlovich guesses here. I think that's in the that's in the realm. I maybe. mean, it, um, we just haven't seen it, so we don't know. He's going to carry like a five inch reach advantage, something in that range. Um, reach advantage. If he wants to stand directly in front of Derek Lewis and just bang with him, he's risking it, man. Just not a good idea. Um, I think he even comes from a wrestling background that he seldom uses. So, you know, I I have to favor the guy on his way up. Not like he's really fought anybody except Overeem, I feel like that I have any respect for. And that was a couple of years ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is you have to imagine someone's getting knocked out in this fight. You have to play it at a high clip. I don't think you're coming in massively under or you're just guessing. Um, And you could be costing yourself dearly. So I'm inclined to match the deal, quite quite frankly, in like an MME scenario.
1: Please, God, let Pavlovich take him down because I love watching Darius Lewis just chuck guys off him. His takedown, his get-up game is the most amusing in the UFC. Just, I'm going to throw you off me now.
3: And Lewis had two takedowns or – least one against Tuivasa, I think, right? Which was like an
2: alternate universe in and of itself.
1: It's weird. That was a weird fight. Yeah. Joe, who got
2: so Pavlovich's foundation, by the way, is Greco-Roman wrestling. Um I like um I like Pavlovich a pretty big deal here. And part of it is, you know, the movement of youth and the fact that I feel he's got you know not only the length but also a speed advantage over Lewis. Um, also I I don't know from the narrative, where Lewis's head is at, um, he has not traditionally fought well at home. Uh, he just hasn't. He has not really fought well at home. Um, he's made his money. Um, he's you know, Mister Houston. He's got you know, he's got his his he's got his things. I think he drives a Lamborghini. Um, he's got his things going on. Um, who is the hungrier fighter? The hungrier fighter is Pavlovich. Pavlovich. You could you could piss all over his competition. I mean he's fought who they gave him the fought, right? I, I've not heard, unless you guys know differently, I have not heard of him turning down fights. Um so I think uh by the way, Qs, your ownership was pretty much dead on. Um uh Pavlovich is just a notch higher. Um I am going to be I'll look I'll have shares of Lewis because how can you not, right? With his ability to finish a fight. But I'm going to have more, it's going to be more barbelled and less even. So I'm going to have a greater percentage of shares of Pavlovich who I like a great deal. Um, and then I'll have shares of Lewis, of course, because, you know, he's got that one punch finishing power as well. So um, my ownership to this fight will probably be at market. It's just the percentages among the two fighters will be slanted more towards Pavlovich.
3: Fair. Yeah.
1: Next, oops, wrong view. Next fight up. It is time for the co-main event. Brandon Moreno, eighty-nine hundred. Kai Car France, seventy-three hundred. Uh, line on the fight. Moreno minus two fifteen. Kai Car France plus one eighty-five. Man, I when I started watching, I'm like, yeah, Brandon Moreno, he's looked better all around. I've never really been high on Car uh, on Kai Car France. And I just start thinking, man. If they're out of space, who's the better striker? It, it's. I think technically, it's it's Kai France. It's. It's. Can Moreno get get takedowns here? Probably took down you know Figueroa a bunch of times in, in all three of their fights. Um, took down Brandon Royval, who kind of welcomes scrambles, and it's just it just you know you don't want to take down Juicy A Formiga, you know. Um, I should mention that when Moreno fought Kai Carr France the first time and beat him, ninety-one significant strikes, no takedowns, beat him on the feet. And I, you know, I just said I, th- I think Kai Car France is the better striker. I still think he's the better technical striker. I think, I think he's the, Moreno's the type of awkward guy that a technical guy like Kai Car France. This is what I'm kind of talking myself in throughout the week. To me, the matchup feels like one of those: the more time they're in the cage together, the more. Kai carr France is going to get a chance to figure him out and get his timing. That's just kind of my read on it. It, it could be way out. And Kai Car France is better than he was in 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 2019. He's looked good against Bontorin, who I rate incredibly highly, and Cody Garbrandt. And and the Askarov fight was kind of, you know, it's it an odd one. You just stay on the feet and strike um, as best he could. It, it just, I think everybody's on Moreno, and I just I want to make this pivot. To, to to Kai Car France. I will say, I think if Moreno finds a takedown, the terrifying part of this is as soon as he gets a takedown, I'm relatively sure he'll submit Brandon Moreno on the ground. So when I did my initial picks, my my first my first set of picks, I had this fight. I had Brandon Moreno wins round three submission. And I keep thinking he doesn't get a takedown. They're on the feet longer and longer. I slowly want to shift my pick to Kai carr France wins by split decision. Like just the kind of that dirty fight that Moreno has been in. How am I approaching it for DFS? Well, thankfully, I need some salary savers. I'm more than happy to mix in um, Kai Car France. And where do I have Brandon Moreno? You know what you did last fight? Just kind of wash the field. I think I'm going to wash the field on Moreno and bump myself up on Kai Car France a little bit because I Ouch. feel myself. I I think I I feel myself overthinking it. So I have some other stands I'll take, and I'm just gonna. That's where I'm leaning right now. now tomorrow. Who knows what I'll be thinking. But my official pick for this podcast, because it seems to annoy Joe, I'm going to go Kaikov Ka, France wins by split decision. Um, Joe, you're up first for this fight.
2: Yeah, so I, I always have a hard time betting on fighters that come from countries that have more sheep than people. Um, <laughs> but aside from that. So, um, so
1: you've lost a lot of money in Israel of Sanya? Yeah,
2: I have. <laughs> um, I, I actually, you know, I like um, Moreno here a bit. I mean, <clears throat> he, he beat him last time. There's no reason to think he he's got not he's not, if anything he's gotten better. Sorry for the stuttering. Um, also, a very important camp change here. Very important camp change. Um, Brendan Moreno is with James Krause. James Krause will be in his corner. This was, I believe, James Krause's first title fight, um, so he will be devoting a good deal of attention uh, to Brendan Moreno here. I love that Moreno after that last Devison fight, you know, did something to shake things up. Look, I. They say that it takes a couple of camps to get the benefit from a camp change. I really do think James Krause, just by the way he bets, and if you've ever had a chance to watch him on any of um, James Lynch's podcasts, he's such a sharp better, um, you know. And I think that translates actually into his coaching. Uh, I I do like. I would have liked Marino without the camp change. The camp change makes me like him more. Um, I think he's got a really solid floor in cash at eight point nine k. I think he's got GPP upside. Um, I really do think that he is an improving fighter. Um, not to take anything away from KKF. Um, I've never been a KKF guy. Um, you know, I thought he was fortunate to get one of his wins. Uh, was it against Bonter. Um, But he's looked good recently. I'll give him some props for that. Um, but I, I do like Moreno a fair amount here. I think he could make this pretty easy. Um, and he could use his grappling and get some takedowns and he's got James Krause in his ear right now. And I think all that equates to a end new champion. Regardless, it's end. I'll take,
1: I'll take end new for a million dollars, please, Alex.
2: (laughs) And new once again, let me put it that way. You didn't let me finish. And new once again, Brendan Moreno.
3: RBQ. So you got, you know where I think he can land those takedowns, um, I rewatched the first fight and I just kind of felt like by the time round three came around, Moreno looked like he was building a little bit. He certainly was doing, you know, uh, all that swagger stuff that he was doing kind of like with the hands out, like he does, what what are you going to do? You know, I I don't think we're going to, I think we might see a more mature version of Moreno this time around. I don't don't, don't think we're going to see a lot of that, but regardless, I mean, it looked like he was building. It looked like, Kai Car France was not wearing the damage particularly well. Those boxing exchanges, you know, I think Moreno's got a reach advantage here. Kai Car France, I think, tends to struggle with people that are a little bit longer and stay in his face like that. And so these boxing exchanges, if you go back and look at them, I mean, like Kai Car France would land one, two, and then you'd see Moreno boom, 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 but like four or five straight shots in a row. You would see him start as the fight went on, start to get the better of those exchanges and certainly cause Kai Carr France, at least in the judge's eyes, to wear it so poorly that it was pretty clear by the end of the fight who you thought was going to win. Now let's say in this scenario, you got a five round fight, fight gets extended. You've got to favor the, you know, the, in the championship rounds, the guy who's been there countless times, um, you know, at, at that point, I could see this, this uh, takedown defense that we've declared to be stout for Kai Carr France. We saw, the Askarov fight, it did to his credit look like you know he he had to take that. Although I will say, you know, Askarov was so poor and striking in that fight that he like he couldn't close range and he kept having to launch from a distance. So I, I didn't feel that it was as difficult or challenging for Kai Car France to, to stop the takedowns. I think in rounds four or five, from a DraftKings perspective, where my head's at on this thing, I think Moreno could land a takedown or two as he wants to cement um you know cement himself on the scorecards and and get a convincing win look i'm just not a big kai car france guy never really have been i think he's had a nice run here but to me i think moreno's got the better cardio i think he's like one of the most durable fighters in the ufc probably he's better grappling if it gets there i tend to think he's he may not be, from a technical perspective, the better striker, but, man, I mean, in these wild dogfight boxing exchanges, I, I continue to favor him. and I can favor his counterboxing as well. So how do I play it on DraftKings is really the question, right? Because, like, I don't think you're going to necessarily be different coming in equal weight or under on Kaikar France and having a bunch of Brandon Moreno. So that's that's the point where I'm struggling here because that's how I feel. I certainly feel like, how do I come under on a fighter that's already going to be low? Or do I just say, you know what? It's a championship fight. Anything can happen. In my mind, I just don't think I can go overweight on Kai Car France just for GPP purposes. And I'm considering coming in extremely low on him. That doesn't mean I'm going to have a ton of Brandon Moreno either. I think when you consider that price range that we've been pounding the table on all night, there's paths to Moreno scoring like a 106 to 108 and somehow not being optimal. I mean, there's a universe where that exists on Saturday night. Um, so you're count, you know, you're counting on him if it if it goes the distance to have a couple takedowns, maybe a couple knockdowns. I don't know that you can project that at a higher rate. Um, so I'll probably be field on Moreno or maybe even slightly under, so I can use some of those ownership shares on people in the range that I like, um, and and let it burn me if it comes to it. So.
1: All right, let's do the main event of the evening. Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena, Nunez, 9,200. Pena, 7,000. Nunez, minus 275. Pena, plus 230. Look, I'm still going to pick Nunez, but Pena Pena is a way, 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 way more live dog than I gave her credit the first time. My bad. Um, Nunez, I don't know where her head's at. With, With the cardio issues we saw last time, opening her own gym, like, the cardio issues, and it's not the first time it's popped up, by the way. And Pena, ha- look, Pena called it to a t. I'm gonna drag her into a fight, and she's gonna fold because she's done it before. I and mean, that's exactly what happened. And why? Why do? Why do I really think? Am I so convinced that it's gonna be different this time? I'm really not. I just think Nunez is the better technical fighter. I think she's got more skill, and that's why I'm picking her. But if if Pena is able to successfully turn this into a dogfight without getting finished, and this gets late later it, it's it's a real real problem so i'm i'm gonna be i'm probably and i want to take a stand here this is the fight and the way they what's interesting here is uh the whole thing about uh, analysis of optimal lineups recently and it's like the main event's only in the optimal lineup about 60 percent of the time which is it's it's way less than you would think this is a situation the way they fought the last time. I don't know how this fight doesn't end up on the optimal. They're just going to stand and throw again. Like Pena's is going to go for and try and smash her. There's not going to be standing and looking at each other. 5 rounds to work with. I'm you can get overweight on both these fighters. And that's probably going to be my plan here. Um and with I don't love that many dogs. Up, I, I might end up with a little more Nuna, a, a little more Payne just because I am being more overweight to Payne, I should say. Like I I could see myself Nunez-Pena. Like, I I think this fight ends up in the optimal. This is probably a fight I'm going to go all in on. Joe, you're making a face, but you're going to go 70-30 Nunez. Now you can't play as much Casque, Morales, all these guys you want to shove in there. The lineups get more interesting as you you can do more things. So I I just – and there's enough red flags with Nunez, even though I'm picking her. something tells me pain is going to win this fight and and i I can't bring myself to pick her straight up i just i can't do it but something tells me she's gonna win so uh as our guests rbq's main event time take it away
3: this is like a how the heck can you know fight because i think i think like we think back to the fight and why did nunez lose because she quit she had nothing left in the tank not because of skill, right? Like you have to favor her everywhere against Pena. Everywhere. Line by line. So she lost because she didn't have anything in the tank and because she flat out quit. That choke was not even locked in that tight, was it? Like at all? No. Nope. nope. How can you know? How can you be sure that Nunez, you know, leaves the camp, goes and starts her own camp, closed doors, you know, really going to gung-ho get get herself in shape and get that belt back? How can you know? You know, I'm 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 watching. Uh, being the consummate husband that I am, yeah. You know, last night uh, was supposed to be date night, but I was just like on YouTube watching Embedded Two Seventy Seven. Um, and uh, you know, was that any good?
1: Should I watch it? I haven't watched it yet.
3: Yeah. Well, the takeaway I had, I happened to 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 tune in right to a spot where Nunez was getting out of her SUV, and the little baby was there. Nina Nunez was with her. You know, and she's talking about how the baby's all her life now, and it's just like not what I (laughs) want. Sounds ruthless. It's like not what I wanted to see. You know, like I, I kind of wanted, I sort of wish she left the kid at home. I I mean, it's like I feel like she's in that mindset still. Where and how couldn't she be? I mean, she's the she's the goat, isn't she? Like she's done it all. She's made a ton of money. What's she really going to be motivated to, to to lock down her cardio? And then even if she is is she going to come back and deliver on that hundred? Like, like maybe she gasses out in a third round in this particular case. Like, is she, she going to all of a sudden have amazing five round cardio to go to distance with Pena, who's going to be ruthless and stay in her face. You know? So I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to play a ton of both these fighters. I'm leaning towards playing an equal amount of both of them. To be fair, I'm getting the champ. I'm getting the current champ who we just saw win. Who's hungrier at this stage for seven K on DraftKings. Really hard to pass that up, man. um You know, and like there, you can go back. You don't have to just point to the last fight to have concerns with Amanda Nunes, like the Jermaine Durandry fight. Um,
1: that was dicey. That was
2: real I dicey. You know? People forget.
3: Dice no, I, I
2: was. I'm going to bring it up. Don't
3: worry. Okay. I, I Well, I'll let you get to it because I'm. I'm. I'm going to. Yeah. There's so many things I want to cover on this fight, but at the end of the day, look. I mean, from a drafting perspective, I think Penny is going to be 30 percent at least. I might have more. Um, I feel, like, I feel like the spot is too good. And for all the people picking Nunez, you just better hope that she got it together because she is better at every level. And I think her win condition, I, I think is get her out of there in the first round, like finish the fight early again.
1: It's the again. same as it was last time. She just uh, got to do
3: it. It's MMA. Could happen. It, and it, and it, it can happen. Cause she did, I think she, it was a 10, eight round. Like I'm pretty sure like she smashed Penny in the first round. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, it's hard to know. How can you know? You're not behind closed doors, so we're guessing a little bit. And what we do have to go on is a 7K price tag on the current champion.
1: All right, Joe, tell us why we're all in on Nunez and passing up all these other guys.
2: I, I'm look. I'm not saying all in on Nunez. I mean, look, it was criminal that Pena was only four percent owned. Like, I'm I'm not sure. I, I know I was higher than that. Um, I can't recall what I was, but I know I was higher than four um, percent. You know, look, uh, you want a hot take? You know. Pena is an above-average fighter. That's pretty much it. I mean, Jermaine Durand, to me, a, a, a Muay Thai world champion with very limited wrestling chops, got three takedowns. Nico Montana, two takedowns. I think the the tragic mistake that um, that Nunez made was well, one, she had a bad game plan, bad fight IQ. If she, you know, if she couldn't finish her standing, that that took a lot of gas. She should go right for the takedown, ride her out control time. It's a lot easier on the ground. It's it, it's less taxing. Once you get that takedown and we know that she could be taken down, it's less taxing. Um, I think that, I think that that is what has to happen. Right. Um, would it surprise me, you know, now, I mean, you asked me to mention the camp change. So, Amanda Nunez has left ATT and went to her own camp. Now, this is a strategy that Valentina does. Valentina does not go to big-name camps. She has her own camps. They're built around her. Very hard to get anything out of what's happening there because it's a private camp, right? Now, if you ask me, who do I want to hang out at the beach with or at a pool? It's definitely Juliana Pena. You know, um, I appreciate the fact that Nunez likes to wear tablecloths um, in, you know, to support our waiters and waitresses. Um, But if you ask me who I want as a fighter, um, who is better in every aspect of MMA, it's Nunez. Um, Now, if Nunez has any pride, she should be highly embarrassed about that last performance, right? Now, do you want to have the legacy of having gone out to a far inferior twice fighter not once but twice right i i just i don't i don't see it i don't see it money aside issue aside um i'm gonna be underweight to pena obviously at her price i'm gonna have to have shares of her i'm not gonna have 30 percent. i'm not sure where i'm gonna fall but it's gonna be less than that um and then we'll see um but i like um i like Nunez a fair amount here um You know, I I like her in tournaments. I like her in cash. Um, I just like, again, this is me and maybe I'm going to fall on my shield and people are going to say, you know, you're an idiot for not playing more Pena, but um, I'm going to be very heavy weighted to to Nunez. And I like enough people at 7.1 and 7.2 and 7.5 and 7.6 that I'm still going to get the exposure I want Um, to Nunez and and not have what I consider garbage lineups. So there you go. All
1: right, guys, we need hot takes. If you got them in chat, drop them right now. Uh, Something unexpected you think will happen tomorrow night. Before we go to that, go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. (coughs) Excuse me, no credit card. (laughs) Excuse me, geez, required. I'm not coughing to that because it's not fake. I'm just been an hour and a half show, guys. Hot takes who's got them.
2: I do. I got one. Okay, so this is this is my um again, this is a parlay. And these are um four fighters I like whose last name ends in a vowel. Okay, so it's four fighters I like whose last so, name ends place? in a vowel. I got um Orion Corsi, minus two fifteen. I got Nikolai Negamaranu, minus minus one twenty. I got Rafa Garcia, plus one eighty-five. And I got Brandon Moreno, minus 215. That four-fighter parlay pays 10 to 1. So, okay, again, just a, a plus-180 180
1: 180 fighter in there.
2: Just <sighs> to recap, Corsi, Namegaranu, Garcia, and Moreno. 10 to 1. There you mm-hmm. go. Yikes.
1: Um, all right. That's, that's a big uh, payout for sure. I'm going to go with my, my hot take will be I had one queued up. And now... Now I'm debating it. Let's go with. Uh, I wanted to be surprising, and I got, I got, I got nothing now. Yeah, one QWQs. You ready? Why? I, I don't. I think
3: I got like a luke a lukewarm take, maybe. Uh, first and foremost, if you like G Young Kim, you can get a majority or split decision plus eight hundred on. You know, I'm looking at the K sports book at the moment. Like, I might take a sliver on that. I don't hate that. Um, I like the, the 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 notion that none of neither of the um, may, uh, championship fight favorites end up on the optimal, but Juliana Pena does.
1: So, <laughs> I mean, with the Pena win,
3: that's that's and that's not crazy. But like yeah, that's no. the universal well, – can... you know.
1: I'll take that's, that ne- neither of the main event favorites end up on the optimal. I that's that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty hot take. You know, we're gonna go with I'm gonna say that mm, Matthew Semmelsberger, 60 second bonus.
3: Wow. I love so that. I out there. Love that
1: page. I think he's gonna go out aggressive. Morono's gonna get hit, and we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. So I think it'll be some aggression there. Um from the crowd, Zero Miedo, Alves by Club and Sub. Did say that was a potential path to victory. Calling it out. I like it. Our buddy Ryan, Alex Perez, 100 plus DK points. Um, Google. I mean, you, you know I like that one. That is 100%
2: one, one that I like. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan.
3: High ceiling, low so, floor.
2: By said, the way, for those that don't know, Ryan is graciously – he manages the 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 season long uh, DraftKings contest. Um, Ryan's the guy; he's the man. Thank you, Ryan. You know we've had some uh, yep, bad, ba- we've had some bad behavior um, in that uh, contest in the past. And Ryan, Wait, had, I ran
1: uh, it for I, I ran it for three years, but I just it's too much.
2: No, no. Much well, you know who I'm talking about. Bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. Before me. Yeah. yeah so before Sean. Um, so I, I,
1: I revived it and passed it off.
2: And Ryan is the also also the racing analyst for Daily Fan MMA. So. You, yes, Ryan. he does he does
1: a different one than than I did. I passed off I passed off mine to somebody else, but it's good job there. Um so thank you, Ryan. And thank you, RBQs, for joining us. It was fun. We'll do it again, we'll do it again sometime. And
3: um, thanks for the invite, guys. I uh, had a lot of fun yeah. and had a man had a couple, two, yep. had a couple of things altered along the way. It was it was great to hear you guys' perspectives and you know, with uh, under twenty-four hours to go here, I got some things to tweak, maybe a little bit after so, I, I, think, I, think,
2: I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little time off now, run out and get some Mega Millions tickets.
3: Yeah, That's um, good.
2: But they're a billion, got, and then, uh, maybe watch a little TV, and then uh, what do what do we got? What time? What's the start time tomorrow? Is it six a.m. Pay per view. So I got I got all day tomorrow then to work on. I don't you know I, I usually wait until Saturday to do my lineups, and because uh, those late changes are just killers. You know, sure. to have to to have to go in and adjust lineup. So I got, all, I got all my contests reserved, though. So we're all set, baby. Yep. Everybody, we're good luck
1: board. in those contests. Yeah, it's not Larkin. Yeah. Ryan Barton isn't Larkin. You confused me, Joe. Oh, shit. Sorry, Ryan.
2: I confused <laughs> yeah, Ryan. I
1: was like, what are we talking about? Oh. You Sorry, could, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan Larkin. You know what? Everybody everybody, I want you I want you to go Ryan, and Ryan
2: Barton. I did not get much sleep last night, I'll be honest. Like I did not get a lot of sleep. So I apologize.
1: Ryan, you need to go tweet Joe.
2: Oh shit. Don't, say something.
1: Throw them out, throw him out on Twitter, Joe, retweet it, and everybody, you need to go and follow Ryan Barton. Because I'm never that was gonna just forget egregious.
2: follow Ryan Barton, please. Right now. That was
1: yeah. egregious. And he threw me off and I just rolled with it.
2: You I did. Was like, man. Like, I
1: was like, I'm you, just going. You
2: bought into the lie and you just rolled with it.
1: I okay. did. And on that note, guys, clearly nullifying all of Joe's takes for this entire podcast. Jeez. I wish you good luck and good, good luck in your contest. Let's <laughs> we'll see you next time.
3: Peace. Take care.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.